Well, 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 how's it going, everybody? Uh, This is S. Anthony Thomas. This is the S. Anthony Says Podcast. And guess what, my friends? I have reached another milestone. This is episode number 150. Whoa, 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 whoa. I just said that. I'm actually sitting in the car waiting for someone to come out uh, to give them a ride back to their home before I go to my next uh, destination. And I just said, and I'm sitting in the car. I said, this is episode 150 of the S. Anthony Says Podcast. And I know this is weird and you might not believe me because you can't hear it, (laughs) but it's really true. (laughs) All the cars on the freeway next to where I'm sitting just stopped. Everyone got out and started applauding. That is the most. Oh, this is amazing. There's two there's two ambulances outside of this. I'm at a a rehab place for one of my relatives because they were sick and they're getting better now. And I'm outside because uh, I wanted to give. Uh, the, the the other two relatives some time to talk. I, I'm obviously I'm a relative too, but I'm a younger relative. And sometimes when the you know it's like when you're a brother and sister. If my sister and I have a disagreement, even though you may be a relative, also you kind of got to get the hell out of the way and let me talk to my sister. Like if she's doing something dopey or stupid, and I think she's fucking up, I'm going to go talk to her as the older brother. If I do something dumb and stupid, which of course can't possibly happen, <laughs> shut up. Then she would she would come and yell at me and tell me what a dick I was being. And I would expect her to do that. That's her job as my sister. We've never had to do that, but that's what you do. Now, in this case, the relative wanted to talk about some certain things. So I'm giving them some time and space to do that after, you know, after that. And I tell you that because there's two ambulances out front that are actually loading people on and began to pull away with their sirens on. And at that moment was the moment when I said, I was doing episode 150 of the S. Anthony Says podcast. The ambulances turned their lights off and stopped. And the two people in the back that were actually occupants of the of those ambulances actually got out, stood up and applauded. And it was the most amazing thing because when they got into the ambulances, neither one of them could walk. But because they respected me in this podcast so much, damn it, what did they do? They climbed out of the back of those ambulances, stood up and applauded. Now, I don't know if the word had gotten out that this is episode 150, but the people that are standing on the freeway chanting S. Anthony says rules actually have signs, looked like they were made professionally, that said happy 150th episode, you wonderful podcasting bastard. And they spelled it with the I like I do bastard because I said with an East Coast accent that's why it's bastard and not bastard and that's me answering an email why do you why do you use the hashtag you sick bastards and why do you spell it bastard it's because I'm saying it with an East Coast accent and by spelling it that way it makes you say it with an East Coast accent that's my answer to your question you know who you are and thank you for listening but it says 150 and I remember when I started doing this a little over a year ago People were, I didn't even know what pod fading was. And pod fading is, is you know, that's essentially a person, that's up to, what happens when you quit your podcast or just stop doing it, or even if you do a big thing and end the podcast. It's like the ending of a series. And in many cases, most people, from what I understand, pod fade after about a handful of episodes, maybe even seven episodes. And usually people do this and they go, yeah, this is not for me. And they get the hell out of there. And I found that at about that maybe three or four episodes in of this podcast. And I had already fallen in love with the art form. And also, 
and even from the first episode, there were so many really, really cool people that kind of stumbled across it and and um, gave me some, they said, tweeted some really nice things. And I was just sitting there going, man, I mean, I just did this a couple times and these, these people are being really, really cool. And I realized something that even marketers will say is that the podcasting audience is a little different. Obviously, they're just human beings just like everyone else, but they, there's a different relationship with the, with the shows, you know. And I, I said this on um, uh, the Podcast Digest. Uh, when I when I uh, was talking to Dan Lizette, and I said, uh, I think it might have been like we, when we talked before the, we started recording. I don't know. I don't remember. But uh, you know, I, I remember talking about this, and I remember talking to some other people too. And and what we talked about was the simple fact that there's a different relationship with podcasters than they have with other performers. Even though I'm a live performer by trade, you know, when you perform live, people like you, but they think of the actual performance as something separate that you created and they have, and they give love to the creation. I love that set you did. I love that joke you did. I love that material. I love that character. And they talk about it in that way. It's almost like, okay, that's over there. You created it and you performed it, but that's a separate thing. And I'm going to praise that thing. I'm going to praise you too for being a good performer, but I'm going to talk about that thing. But on a podcast, it's different every single time to a man or to a woman what people would say, not just to me, but to other podcasters, was, I like listening to you. I like you. I like talk, you know. And so it's, it's it's kind of directed to the specific person or persons performing the podcast. Now, some of it probably has to do with the simple fact that it's more of an intimate medium because it's more of an intimate thing, mainly because a lot of people, of course, put the buds in their ears. You know, it's almost as if you're talking specifically to them. And... I feel like I'm talking specifically to you. Now, I know there's a lot of people listening to this, but what I'm saying is that when I'm talking to this microphone and I'm do either doing comedy or right now when I'm basically just talking about the 150th episode of this thing, I feel like I'm talking directly to you, whoever you are listening right now. You know, if you're somebody uh, running on a treadmill right now or if you're somebody um, who's in your car listening to this right now on your way to work or, or on a way to vacation, you know, if you're listening to this on your phone while you're walking down the street or whatever country you're in, you're in. I actually feel like when I'm speaking to this microphone that I'm actually speaking directly to you. So even so when I get messages and email and stuff like that, when people do me the honor of saying wonderful things about the podcast, you know, um, you know, I appreciate it. I really do. You know, I, you know, and I know I do a silly show and I. <laughs> And I always throw in these really weird characters and the id, my id pops in when I'm performing some of these bits that are some, some of them that are written and some of them that are ad-libbed. But, you know, I just wanted to take this time in episode 150, a year and change in to let you know that, you know, there's more of you coming along every day. And I see the numbers and I see that everybody's bringing people and, and, and um, I appreciate it. You know, I just want to let you know that I really do appreciate it. Um, so... I'm going to start this episode in, the, in a little bit. Uh, I just wanted to take this time to thank you guys for being with me here for the 149 episodes that came before this one. And I want to thank you guys for being here for this 150th episode. Um, I just want to say that I got much love for you sick bastards. And uh, <laughs> you people are as nuts as I am. And that's why we go together like bologna and cheese and a hot griddle because yeah, who, you don't eat bologna and cheese sandwiches that are melted on 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 a on the stove. You don't do that, really. 
You don't know, you don't know living, man. You don't know living until you fried your bologna. What's wrong with you people? Don't you know that you take your slice of bologna, you put a little bit of butter in the pan, you heat it up, and you and when it starts to curl up, you throw a slice of cheese on top of it, damn it. You let that melt down, then you put it on your bread, and you toast the bread on both sides. And you're going, That's the, I don't know about that, man. Do you eat grilled cheese sandwiches? Of course you do. There's no one in the world that doesn't eat grilled cheese sandwiches. And if you don't eat grilled cheese sandwiches, I just want to say one thing. I don't like you as a person. Okay, that's not true. I, I, I don't dislike you because you don't eat grilled cheese sandwiches. I just think less of you as a person because you don't eat grilled cheese sandwiches. Okay, I do not think less of you because you don't eat grilled cheese sandwiches. I, I would not think less of a person that doesn't eat grilled cheese sandwiches. <laughs> Let me hit the pause button for a minute. I really do think, hey guys, people that aren't really here but i'm going to pretend like you're here for the to make this point and i'm actually pretending like i'm pushing the uh the mute button which of course i'm not going to do because i want this part to be recorded as well <clears throat> i really don't like people that don't eat grilled cheese sandwiches what kind of jackasses don't eat grilled cheese sandwiches i mean i can't even be in the same room with someone that's that has that bad taste i mean come on that's un-american to not eat grilled cheese sandwiches that's disgusting and I know what you're going, well, what about the people that listen to you that are in Australia? Well, that's un-Australian not to eat grilled cheese sandwiches, too. What about Canada? You have a lot of listeners in Canada. Okay, Canadians, you're un-Canadian for not eating grilled cheese sandwiches. Put some of that thick-ass bacon you like and slap that on there, damn it, if you don't have any bologna. What about the people in Great Britain that don't like grilled cheese sandwiches? Hey, hey. Come on, my British brothers and sisters. Get that hot bread and hot cheese and slap it together and put it in your mouth and eat it damn it okay now i'm gonna take off the mute button because i didn't definitely didn't want to hear the people in my audience who love me to death and have listened to me for 149 and now soon to be 150 episodes to know i was saying bad stuff behind their backs so i'm now going to hit the button that really was not pressed in the first place because i wanted you to hear this ha 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 and we're going to resume me thanking you bastards for listening to me for so long hi guys i'm back Yes, I had to hit the mute button, and I definitely didn't say anything about you guys behind your backs, because I wouldn't do that. <laughs> anyway, in all seriousness, you sick bastards, I want to thank you guys for, for listening to me. I consider it an absolute honor, in all seriousness, that you choose to spend the hour or hour and 15 minutes with me per week listening to me talk about stupid crap. I really do appreciate it. And uh, much love to you all. You know what I'm going to do right now, you sick bastards? Or as my hashtag is, you sick bastards, I'm about to start the damn show. You ready? Roll it! You are about to listen to the S. Anthony Says Podcast, starring S. Anthony Thomas. <laughs> you lucky bastards. All right, this is S. Anthony. Glad you came back. Ready for the next one? All right, here we go. Go! Folks, let me tell you something. And I'm gonna, I want to be honest with you, and I need you to understand this, my friends. You know who I'm mad at? Serial killers and murderers. I'm mad at them, and I'll explain why. You see, when a regular person does horrible stuff, 
Sometimes we don't pay attention to it because we're so busy waiting for the killers, the murderers, the rapists, and the robbers of our lives. And we think of them as horrible people. And the people that actually are in our regular life that absolutely suck, we kind of grade them against the murderers, the killers, the rapists, the robbers. They didn't murder anybody, rape anybody, kill anybody, or rob from anybody. But they're still pieces of crap. And they should not get the benefits of the evil person grade curve, but they do. Right? Every time you turn on the news, what do you, I mean, because these are the most horrific things people do. So we look at the news and we think that those guys are, oh my God, oh, he killed 60 people and blew up something and shot and raped people and killed them and stabbed them and burned them and robbed them. We, and we see those people and we think of them as evil. But if you really think about it, when you look at the number of actual crimes that happen, most people don't encounter people of that level of evil. I mean, we do, but we don't. It's not always that, that, that the case, right? But what we do notice is we do run across evil people in everyday life. People who do evil, rotten, awful things, things that actually affect us, things that happen on a regular basis, things that personally touch us and they don't get on the news. Nobody puts, you know, you ever, you ever been, you ever have like a, say you pulled a muscle in your leg and it's obvious to everybody that sees you walking that you are limping badly. Now there's really nothing they can do if they, they don't, if you're going one way and you got a bad limp and the other person is living their life, there's really nothing they can do for you. They can feel for you, but there's really nothing they can do for you. The average everyday non-evil person will open a door for you. Right. If you're going, well, I said, where are you going, man? I'm going to the third floor. You know what? I'm going to the fourth floor, but I'm going to help you. Let me take this bag at least to the third floor. That's what a regular person would do. If you see somebody behind you, you got 97,000 things in your shopping cart and somebody behind you has one thing. You let their ass up there. Why? Because it's the right thing to do. They're not slowing you down. All they have is chiclets and you got enough food to feed 12 linebackers. Let them in front of you. That's what a regular person does. Yes, we do. But the evil person, like I said, they're not on the same level of evil as somebody who goes out and stabs a bunch of people or blows up some stuff. But if you got 17 shopping carts full of full of things and there's a guy behind you in line and all he's buying is one can of deodorant and you look back at him like, mm -hmm. and don't let him in front of you, that is evil. You know you're evil. Him going up in front of you is going to take 15 seconds. You're going to be there for 12 minutes with this crap and you knew you were going to be there for 12 minutes with this crap. You knew how much stuff you were buying your selfish bastard and you could have let that guy in front of you but you didn't you wanted to make him wait why because you're evil yeah i said it just recently i had to i was on the east coast staying with some family they were in new jersey i was staying with them i made the mistake of staying with them when it was going to snow so i had to go and dig out the car okay I went out and I dug out the car, I dug out a parking space, you know, for the person who owned the house. And I was using their car because I was there staying with them for a little while. And I dug out a parking space. I go to the store. I come back and someone else who does not even live on the block moved into that parking space and couldn't be found. Evil. You didn't dig out that parking space. That parking space didn't dig out itself. There was no transformer that came from another planet and randomly dug out a parking space because they knew instinctively that your punk ass was going to be parking there. No, you parked there because you didn't give a crap and you're a hunk of dookie. Why? You're evil. But you can't compare that level of evil with the people that are out there blowing up things and stabbing things and setting things on fire and murdering people. No, but it's evil. 
and that affects you personally because I know if you live in one of the states that gets snow and one of the countries that gets a lot of snow and I know there's a lot of people from different states and different countries listening to this crap you know what it's like to dig out a parking spot for your car and some punk ass pulls into the spot that's right and when, he, when I, I'm an East Coast guy, and when I see that on the news, when somebody gets their ass whipped for parking in somebody's parking space when they knew they probably spent two hours digging their car out, I say, you know, it's really wrong to punch people in the face. But inside my head, I'm saying, I hope you had a ring on that hand when you cracked that bastard in the forehead, and I hope it had a point on the diamond. Yeah, that's right. I said it. But it's not the same level of evil as somebody burning up people and blowing them up and killing them. No. Right? Now we'll go back to the guy with the limp. Because I, mean, I meant this is what I meant to say in the, in the beginning. The guy with the limp. He's walking. Down. I seen. And this was. <laughs> guy's walking. He's obviously in severe pain. I can't pick the guy up and carry him. But he's walking towards the elevator. And I see a guy in a business suit, some piece of dung, some walking, steaming pile of guano juice. And what happens? He literally, he didn't, he pushed the button for door close. He saw the guy making a beeline for the elevator. He saw the guy raise his hand up with the extended index finger saying, please hold the elevator. He actually had a little smile on his evil face and pushed the door close button. He couldn't, I mean, if he was so important with his business suit, the people upstairs could have waited for him another seven or eight seconds but his punk ass pushed the button and tried to slam the door on that guy with the leg now that's gotta be e that's evil you don't want to make a guy that's obviously limping have to stand up and wait longer you know he's been in, in, in intense pain why would you do that but then there was a little evil in me too because I waited till the door was almost closed until the guy had a look on his face as if he had triumphed by being evil and I hit the door open button <laughs> yeah that's right I did it so the guy with the limp walks into the elevator and stands right next to the guy who he knows tried to close the door on him he looks over at me and smiles because he knew I'm the one that opened the door and he looked over at the piece of crap that bag of hot steaming guano juice with a straw in it and looked at him as if to say you human piece of human garbage you, you sucked and the funny thing about it was they were all, we were all going to the 25th floor and there were people getting on all the way up and he just stared at him and stared at him and it was great that evil bastard was about 62 but by the time we got up to the floor we needed to get off he was as tall as that dude tattoo from the show the fantasy island the plane boss the plane he had been shrunk by the look of death that the guy with the groin pull and the bad knee gave him and i loved every second of it evil people that's why evil people everyday evil people get away with stuff they do evil things they do things they know are negatively affecting their fellow their, their fellow citizens but they don't get the press that they deserve because of the murderers and stuff like that and we should not allow evil people to make to get the benefit of the evil person grade curve right it's an evil person grade curve because the most evil people drag it all over the place and it makes it look like the people that are doing the everyday evil stuff are not evil and I'm saying they're evil and that they suck. Yeah, I said it. So what I'm saying, folks, is just, just imagine. Imagine you're in a classroom. 
a class of higher learning. You're, you're going to the next level of education, and you're at the top level. You were in a magnet school when you were in, in, in high school. You go to the best college. You're in the best class with the best professor. But every but in your class, when you were great, you have incredible IQ. You just, you were the man or the woman in whatever school you were in. You now go to this top flight college and the top flight place and the top flight college with the top flight professor. Damn it! And you're expecting to be the man or the woman. All of you are. But you notice there's about nine or ten Stephen Hawking juniors in the classroom whose genius blows you away. You're sitting there bragging under normal circumstances. You'd be bragging about having an A-plus and you'd walk around with your A-plus. But not only do these people blowing you away, they've got grades so high, they invent a new letter for them. They invent a new letter because A-plus isn't high enough. They have a grade called blah. That's right. They get a blah. And you're, you have an A-plus, but that yeah, A-plus is nothing close to the blah that these people got because they're better than you because they're smarter than you. You may be a genius, but these are mega, ultra, super geniuses. And because you have these mega, ultra, super geniuses in your class, under normal circumstances, people will be praising you. But they don't praise you. Why? Because you just got an A plus and they got a bunch of blah. In fact, they have blah pluses. They don't just have blah. That's right. They only, not only did they get the new letter, they get the new letter and the plus sign. So they're much, much better than you. Yeah, that's right. So nobody pays attention to your A+. plus. No one pays attention to your 4.0 average. Why would they pay attention to your punk-ass 4.0 average when these guys and these gals, the mega ultra super geniuses, have a 77.9 average? That's right. It only goes up to 77.9 even for super mega ultra geniuses. That's right. I said it. Well, it's the same thing with the evil person grade curve. They're not paying attention to what a hunk of crap these regular everyday a-holes are because of the evil people. So what I say is, much like in the Olympics where you take out the high scores and the low scores, for evil people we need to do that. For the person who's just a little bit of an asshole occasionally, maybe he's having a bad day, maybe something bad happened to her, she's normally not like that, but right now she's acting like a piece of crap and she's going to apologize for it and it will either never happen again or it's just something that happens every once in a while, just like it does with everybody else, we take them out of the equation. And then we take the murderers and the murderers and the killers and the rapists and the this and that, we take the, and take them out of the equation. And then we have at the top of the scale the everyday evil hunk of crap. I want them on the news, damn it. I want them to be on the news when these people do this kind of stuff. We already know about the rapists and murderers. I want 10 minutes out of the news. I want the news extended. Instead of 35 minutes, I want 45 minutes. And I want 10 of those extra minutes, all 10 of those extra minutes, I want it to be used out to everyday hunk of crap. I want to see a really attractive uh, news a reporter standing outside of somebody's house and going, hi, this is extremely attractive news person standing outside of this person's house. And if you see right here, this is the car of a hunk of crap who parked his car in front of this person's house. Now, I'm not saying he didn't just park his car to go to the store. He parked his car here because he saw the spot. Instead of going home and digging out his own spot or finding out a good place to park, he decided to park in what is obviously someone else's driveway. Why? Because he's a hunk of crap. And here's a picture of his license plate. Can you please track that before I get off the air? We have his name and address. Put it on the screen. Everybody, that's his home number. Tell him what a hunk of crap he is and do it for the next 48 hours. That'll teach that piece of crap. Yeah, I said it. 
I would love to have a person that's standing in the back of the elevator, not just be a regular attractive person just going to work. I would like that person to be standing there as the person pushes that door to close the door on the person who's obviously limping to get into the elevator. And I want them to secretly have recorded that guy's face when he starts to smile as that door is about to close and then have the reporter jump out. Hi, I'm an extremely attractive reporter person and I want to say to you, we have it on film. You're trying to make that guy that can barely walk miss the elevator. Maybe you have to take the steps or maybe have to wait another 10 minutes standing when there's obviously he can't stand that long, you hunk of crap. Now, what is your name? I don't want to say my name. It doesn't matter what your name is because we have your picture and by the time we get this on the news, you'll be identified by our audience and when our audience identifies you, they're going to call your house and tell you what a hunk of crap you are for 48 hours and we're going to find out who your boss is and we're going to tell him or her that you're a hunk of crap. That's right. Feature this will be a feature report at 11 o'clock. At 11 o'clock, a-holes who stop crippled people from getting on elevators. Get a good shot at this bastard. He doesn't have to sign a release because this is out in public, and that's right, we can show him. That's right. At 11 o'clock, a-hole elevator stoppers. Eyewitness news at 11. That's right, I said it. So all I'm saying is evil everyday people don't think you can hide anymore behind the grade curve of evil because there are super duper pieces of crap out there with the murderers and the rapists and all of that crap. We know they're pieces of crap. They're going to go to jail. But you can't put somebody in jail for being an a-hole. But I wish you could just out them. I wish you could just dox like Anonymous does to people that did get doxxed by anonymous i want anonymous to start doxing a-holes that's right get them anonymous find out people that take your parking spot and, and they won't let you cut in front of them in line when you only got a pack of chiclets and try to stop you from getting in the elevator when they know your leg is hurting i want them all doxxed damn it i want it to happen the a-holes must be stopped the evil people must be stopped that's right i said it you agree with me don't you of course you do, you sick bastards. Segment over. Hey guys, let me ask you a question. You know, I, I if you if you follow me on Twitter and, and Facebook and things of that nature, you know I'm kind of hard on politicians and people in power that do crap to people that they believe to be beneath them or people that don't have power. I mean, I tend to slam them on a regular basis. But I started to think about it and I realized I've never actually been in a position of power like that. So I don't really understand the concept of it, meaning I don't know firsthand what it would be like to have that kind of power. You know, because I mean, you look at these politicians when they go into they go into politics in many cases, you know, they're, 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 they're this bright eyed, bushy tailed person who can't wait to get in and help the people. They can't wait to get in and do some good stuff. And they want to save the hospital and save the trees and waters. They got to clean the water and they got to they got to save that and fix this, build that and coalition to this, this, that, 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 you know, and then they get in there. You see them five or six years later, sometimes maybe even. 10 years later and you don't even recognize the person's face you remember what their smile looked like before they got there and you could tell what the genuine smile looked like and now they have that smile that only comes on when there's a donor around or when there's a camera around because because a person that has a genuine smile the genuine smile 
kind of slowly eases off of their face. It doesn't just disappear unless something bad happens. If you have a really genuine smile on your face and then the person that made your smile walks away, there's still a little bit of that residual smile left. You still kind of, you know, you've been there before where you kiss your, your spouse and you had a wonderful evening and it was just great. You just had a great time. You you know, you had a, you had a nice dinner. You, you, you danced. You had a great time. But for whatever reason, one of you has to go someplace else for for, for a little while. Or maybe it's it's even in the side of a party where you kiss your wife and you kiss, or you kiss your husband and everything gets and everything's great how you do you debate and then say they have to go across the room to talk to somebody or they go to the bathroom or whatever and you see the person sitting there and the smile is still on their face you know that thing where you look off to the side and you're still thinking about them like yeah she's the greatest oh yeah he's the greatest they're the greatest in the world they're the best i'm glad i married them they're the best oh yeah this is awesome and it kind of slowly slides off and it goes back to your normal face and that's a genuine smile that's what a genuine smile actually looks like but then you see the politician smile. You see the smile with the big, bright smile. Yay! And then this, I literally, the second the camera goes out, like, hey, yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> and that's when you know a smile isn't even close to genuine. When it gets to the point where it literally just disappears that quickly, because nothing dis, nothing in, in 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 the world disappears that fast. Nothing, nothing genuine anyway. Right. If you have a, a building or something like that and you want to get rid of the building, you have to take it down brick by brick. You have to knock it down. You have to blow it down. You have to do all sorts of things. But if it's fake, you can just knock it down in a second. Think about it. How It, it takes a long time. You got to plant the explosives. You got to make sure you got the zoning this. You got to make sure the people over there. You got to make sure the people move back so the dust doesn't get on them. You got to make you got to have everything tied up right. You got to make sure you get the traffic is gone. You got to make sure that this is we can put that over there. You got to do all these things you got to do because it's an actual demolition of a building. It has to go away and it takes time to do that. It's like with a smile. It takes time for it to go away because it's genuine. But if you notice whenever you say you go to a Broadway play. Or any kind of you know any kind of Broadway show or or, a, or an award show, and you see these massive sets, and they look impressive and incredible and awesome and incredible. But if you notice, they're gone by the time the commercial comes back. By the time the commercial comes on, there's another set there that's just as impressive. The other, what happened to the other one? How did they go away so fast? It wasn't genuine. It's fake. <laughs> you know. And I don't even know how to do a fake smile to begin with. I really don't know how to do one of those. I, I've never been good at it. I don't know how to do a fake laugh. I've never been able to do that. I hate fake laughs. Fake laughs piss me off, man. I can't stand them. I'd rather have a person just not laugh at all because I don't really give a crap if somebody's laughing or not. I don't care. You know, I care in a professional standpoint, but not, uh, you know, when I'm just talking to them in, in, in conversation. You don't have to do a fake laugh. Or, <laughs> you don't have to do that because that's worse than getting nothing. <laughs> But I often wondered about that. I mean, if you if you actually became a politician, if you actually got into a position of power, real power, where you could affect laws and make a decision what building goes where and what law, and you can use eminent domain to knock down this, so you could, you know, make a decision that would cause millions of dollars to go in this direction or that direction, or if people could come up to you and lobby you and give you money to make a decision, what would what would that be like? You know, now, like I said, I slam politicians who do awful, horrible things on a regular basis. We slam lobbyists and we slam all of these things. But we have to ask ourselves the question, what would you be like in that same position? Would you be able to withstand having somebody walk up to you and just say, listen, here's some money. All you have to do is make a decision in this direction. It's not much different than what you were going to do anyway, or you know, just make a decision in this direction. 
And let's just, I'll just put it to you this way. I'm not going to say that you're going to have a job waiting for you at $4 million a year. I'm just going to say there's a job opening that's available that's going to pay $4 million a year. And there's a picture of you behind the desk. And uh, that's all I'm saying. I'm just, I'm just saying. Because sometimes people can't even handle little bits of power. I, I remember somebody who was working with us in the sales office, and they were pretty cool Nice person, just a genuinely nice person, as you could in in at least that's what they projected. But the second they became the manager of the sales force, oh man, I didn't want the job. They offered it to me, and I went nah, 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 because you know it was a salary job, but you can't work off a commission. And I like to be able to earn the money that I that I earned. You know, I mean, it was kind of it would have been kind of cool to have that guaranteed bread, but I could actually make a, you know, you know what I'm saying. But the second he became the manager of everybody, oh my goodness! It, the, 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 his head got so big he had to, you know, we had to open up both doors in the front of the office to get that damn head in there. I mean, this is this was not even that. Had he become the manager, and then they, all of a sudden the sales exploded, and it was like, wow, this guy's incredible. This guy's a real leader of men and women. This guy's incredible. No, he just this was the first day he came in, had this new tie on, tied incorrectly, tied too long. The, the damn bottom of the tie was touching his balls. You know, the shirt was too damn big and his stupid pants and the dumbass shoes. He dressed what he thought that the manager should dress like, came in, barking orders to everybody. And not, it's like, dude, you were on the sales floor last week. No, we were going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Everybody was thinking, man, now that he's there, he's, he, he was one of us. He didn't come in from the outside. Let's show this guy some love. Let's, let's do, you know, I mean, we were already working hard anyway, but this guy's one of us who ascended to the next level. Let's bust our asses to make sure he looks good, man. He's a friend of ours. He's a good friend of ours. Let's do our thing to make him look good. But what happened? He gets in the position of power, and the first thing he did, the first thing he did was decide to act like a complete asswipe. And it was horrible. He was mean to everybody. He was, I mean, because he had just come off the sales floor and knew personal things about people, he was using that as leverage against everybody. Oh, yeah, what about your daughter needs those braces, so you better get the sales guy. You know, it's like... It was, it was stuff like that, you know, and this was just a little bit of power. This, he literally he was probably making about 25 or 30 percent more than the people on the floor as a as a standard salary. And still in that particular situation, what did he decide to do? He decided to be mean for no reason. He decided to be disrespectful for no reason. He decided to use personal information about the sales force for no reason except for to torture these people. He could have motivated people. They would have been motivated to work for him anyway because they were proud that he had made it to that point. It was a little teeny bit of power and a person that was genuinely nice and genuinely cool. And what did he do? Boom. Turned into a complete a-hole. Why? Couldn't handle it. And that was just a sales position in a regional sales office for computer ribbons. That's all it was. That's all that crap was. Now imagine you're the governor of a state, <laughs> right? Imagine if you're the chairman of some big commission. Imagine if you're the president of the United States or emperor of this or king of that. Now, I'm not saying we, we should take it easy on these, these jackholes because if they do awful things, 
I personally think there should be draconian punishments for people that are in positions of power who abuse power. And I mean that anybody, doctors, lawyers, cops, politicians, anybody who's in a position of power, they can have real effect on somebody's life. And they use that power to damage people just because they can or as a retaliation when they shouldn't be retaliating because they were wrong in the first place. No, man. I often wonder what would happen if I was in that kind of position. If I had that kind of power and if I had that kind of power, how would I behave with that kind of power? What would I do? I would like to think that I would be able to handle the situation and be fair with everybody. I would like to think that because, like I said, the few times I've been in positions of power where I literally could hire and fire people, I never abused it. Never abused it. But that was not at that high level, man. I often wonder about that. I would like to think that I'd be able to handle it. I really would. And I really believe that I would be able to handle it. But you know, there are people that can't. So when I watch these fools do this, I realize there's a part of me that sympathizes with some of the people, you know, who have to make tough decisions. You go in there with the bright eyed and bushy tailed thinking you can do certain things and realizing that it's a slug fest and you have to put on the brass knuckles and bust each other in the face, metaphorically speaking. Uh, but there's also the other side that goes, come on, man, you know, you took that money and you shouldn't have taken that money. And what did you do? You took the health care from this person. You took the hospital from that person. You screwed this person over. You took that from the, you got pork from there. You did that. You did. Come on, man. So when I see people that are genuinely good people that are just trying to fight their way through a system that absolutely sucks. I have sympathy for them. I understand. It's not going to be as easy as you thought. If you're a nice person and you live in a tough neighborhood, you may have to whoop some ass. I've been that guy. I'm a nice guy and I lived in a tough neighborhood. I had no interest in punching the person in the face. But if a person grabs me by the shirt collar and saying, I'm going to kick your ass, give me your wallet. Even though I know for a fact that it's not in my nature to just take my fist, ball it up and crack a person in the face. I, I balled up my fist and cracked him in the face. I had no choice. Now, if you look at the action by itself, Steve, 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 you're stepping on him. You're stepping on him. Yeah, I'm stepping on him because he was going to step on me, damn it. (laughs) I've been in that position where I had to whoop somebody's ass who was trying to whoop my ass. I didn't want to fight. I didn't want to step on anybody trying to get out of the room. But if 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 you're trying to kick my ass, I knock you down, and the only way to get out of the room is to step on you. I'm stepping on you. So all I'm saying is I understand that there are people in power that do bad things and they should be punished accordingly. But sometimes when we see people that do bad things or things that we think are beneath them, we have to realize that sometimes you're put in a situation, man, where you have to do something you don't want to do or are forced to do something you don't want to do just because that's what the situation is and you have no choice. But I'll be honest with you. It still sucks. It sucks. <laughs> I just try to see it from different points of view. You know? I just try to see it from different points of view. Segment over. Well, my friends, I have something I want to say right now. Damn it. I want to say that everybody listening to me right now, no matter what country you are, no matter what age you are, you're a car. Yeah, I said it. And your damn doctor is the mechanic. Yep, that's right. Doctors are people mechanics and you're a car. Yeah, that's right, I said it. You can't can't deny that. You can't. 
If you bought a brand new car, when you take it into the dealership, what do they do? They rotate the tires. They check the oil. They let you leave. And it costs you $39.95. Wow, that's a good price. $40. $40. Oh, that's beautiful. I go in there and they check my car. $40. Ooh, this is the greatest. This car is not going to cost me anything. <laughs> you dumb bastard. The next time you go back in, they check this and that, and now they want to do a lube job. Still not that bad, 125 bucks, not a big deal. You don't have to do it again for a while, right? <laughs> then comes all the other stuff that starts falling apart. Right, it's not enough to just change your oil. You have to now. Oh, whoop, whoop, whoop. Sorry, got to get a water pump now. Whoops, whoops. Your, oh, 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 sorry. These tubes, these, these, uh, these, uh, these uh, tubes got to go out. Whoop, 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 sorry, got to take this vent out, oops, sorry, got to take this right here out, oops, sorry, got, oops, got to replace this, oops, this. oops, need to, oops, yep, up, oops, oops, whenever your, whenever your damn mechanic goes, oops, as soon as you hear oops from your mechanic, oops, pin up your damn wallet because it's going to cost you a lot of money, yeah, I said it, and it's the same thing with your body, you bastard, it's just the same thing, you're 18 or 19 years old, I remember I took one of my young relatives to the emergency room, she broke her arm, and I rushed her to the room, she's crying, and you know, I picked her up, and I picked her, you know, and I took her there, and then she gets there, wait a second, I'm getting old, it wasn't even my cousin, it was my girlfriend's, Jesus Christ, I'm old, I'm getting old, it wasn't my cousin, it was my, girl, well, my girlfriend at the time's little brother, what the, I'm getting old, shut up, you bastards. So I take her, uh, take her to the damn emergency room. She's got the broken arm. She's, I think she was like 15 at the time. <laughs> we get her there. Doctor sets it up. And all he does is focus on the arm. It's got a fracture. she got to do this, that, x-ray, this, that, this. And she's out of there. And literally three hours later, we are at, in the car, I'm driving her back to the apartment that she was cut because she came to visit us. And then all of a sudden, she's running around like nothing's wrong. She's got a cast on her. We, I actually had to say, hey, 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 hey. Don't try to do that with a cast on your arm. You're trying to let the arm heal. This is why the cast is on your arm to stop things from happening to it. You don't want to do more things to it to override the fact that you have a cast on, which is the whole idea of trying to stop things from happening to it. It's like if you put on a bike helmet, you don't walk around and go, hey, everybody, why don't you hit me in the head with a hammer? I've got a helmet on. No. And by the way, I saw your eyes light up when I said that. Give me that damn bike helmet because you're not going out. But what I'm saying is she goes in there, man, and the second she walks in there, bam, they went right to the arm. They didn't check anything else. They didn't ask for anything else. Why? Because she's 15 and she's got 15-year-old healing powers and they're pretty damn good. I was in the emergency room one time and I had bruised my ribs and I saw a guy, a guy was 21 years old and I wasn't much older than him at the time. <laughs> yes, I was. I just lied. So what? Shut up. And he had, he got, and he just sliced and they, they, just, they just stitched him up. All right, there you go. He's all right. But I saw a guy who was 50-something years old. He wasn't even going into the emergency room. He was just walking by the emergency room. And five technicians ran out, dived on him, dragged his ass in there, and gave him seven colonoscopies because he was over 50 and he was too close to the damn ER. And he, they gave it to him without his permission. Because at that age, everybody's slamming stuff up into you. I can't wait to get to that age. <laughs> I hope that I'd rather get hit by a bus. I'm just kidding. I don't want to get hit by a bus. But you know what I'm saying. 
as you get older, all of the tests at the doctor's office become worse. I'm in the middle. I'm not old yet, but I know they're starting to look for stuff and starting to poke stuff and look at stuff and squeeze stuff. And, and all of a sudden, instead of when they give you that list of blood tests they want you to take, it's not just two things on there. You see her. Okay, Mr. Thomas, we're going to have you take some blood tests to make sure everything stays good. And then she has this sheet of paper and she fills it out. And then she turns it on the backside and fills that shit out. And then there's another paper underneath that. And she fills all that out and flips that over and fills that out. And I said, listen, you do realize there's not that much blood in the human body to take care of all of that. Are you trying to drain me down? Are you Dr. Vampire? Are you Dr. Dracula? What the hell is wrong with you? And she laughed at me and said, shut up, take the blood test, you dead bastard. So I took the blood test and I was fine. Because the blood test said I was fine. I was in good condition. Of course, I had to go get a transfusion because they took 90% of the blood out of my body for them damn vials, sick bastards. Okay, that did not happen. It was just a, it was just more tests than I thought. I exaggerated a bit. I do that sometimes. <laughs> Shut up. But the point I'm trying to make is, damn it, you are a car. You take your car in and the older your car gets, the more stuff breaks down and the more stuff your, 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 your mechanic has to fix. When you're an older person, the more stuff breaks down and the more stuff the doctor has to fix. And just like a car with a mechanic, when, you're, when you have a new, a new car, a brand new car, a young car, when you take that car into the mechanic, the mechanic just fixes what you told him was wrong. Hey, man, the car makes this sound, and he goes, oh, I know what that is. That's the blah, blah, blah. And he fixes that and says, it's done. Come get it. And that's it. He doesn't check anything else. He doesn't go looking for problems. No. But if you take a 10-year-old a car going, and he goes, I know you came in for this, but you really need to check these hoses. I mean, I'm serious. You know what I mean, <laughs> you better check these hoses. All I'm saying is, I'm not saying you got to get them fi get it fixed today. All I'm saying is, whatever you do, when they cut you out of the car, when this car blows up and you're in it, please don't tell them that I fixed your car because they're going to think I was an incompetent mechanic by sending you out in this death trap. Oh, so I really should get these hoses fixed. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying... If you want to live before the, and not die a horrible, violent death in the, this disgusting vehicle that will fall apart on the freeway, you might want to get this shit fixed. I think I'll get it fixed. Good choice. And the doctor's the same way. You have, you know, you've had, you've gone in there, especially if you're over, if you're, and if you're over forty. Good lord, imagine. If you, like I said, as soon as you get past 30 years old, the doctor starts looking for stuff that's wrong with you. I came in here because I had a headache. Yeah, that's nice. I don't care about your damn headache. I'm going to put this finger in your ass, but I don't need a finger in my ass. You're going to get a finger in your ass anyway, punk, because that's what we do here at the doctor's office. We put our fingers in people's asses even if they don't need it. Okay, that actually did happen. <laughs> You know, they really do go looking for things, and they should. That's their job, to find stuff that's wrong with your punk ass and make sure that you can go home alive. They want you to be healthy. But that's the thing, man. They go looking for things when you get older, and they should go looking for things when you get older because as you get older, you're a huge mess. Huge mess. You ever seen the way a doctor reads the test results to somebody who's young and healthy? They just take the test results out and they go, okay, Mr. Johnson, we're going to read your test results? Hey, okay, all right. Hey, all right. Oh, that's good. <laughs> you ever see him read your uncle's test results when you take him to the hospital because he doesn't want to drive himself in because he doesn't know what the hell they're going to say to him? We got your test results back, Mr. Johnson. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh. Let me check the second page. Oh, good Lord. Oh, ho, ho, ho. 
and the third page. Mm, I'm not even going to read all of that. Uh, listen, um, can you see me right now? Really? Is, is there any kind of burning sensation? A little tingling around the neck area? Mm. Could you put your hand on the back of your pants and see if there's any blood shooting out of there? I mean, I just because according to this paperwork, <laughs> you don't need me. You need my brother who's a mortician, and that's just a coincidence. Don't make and draw any conclusions from that, damn it. <laughs> but that's the thing, man. You get older, and all of a sudden, all the tests change. You get your car, your car gets older, and the tests change. And I know very soon, at some point in the near future, it's going to be a whole lot of poking and the prodding and the, the sticking the needles and this and draining out that and looking for this and looking for that because I'm going to get old eventually. But that's all right. You're going to get old too. Now, as far as you 18 or 19-year-olds that are listening to me, thank you very, very much, you young bastards. This stuff doesn't mean anything to you. It means nothing to you. This is this is 30 years and change away from you having to worry about this crap. So just enjoy your health, you young, healing, too fast bastards. And to my old listeners, um, kind of sucks, doesn't it? Unless you're one of those freaks that is still healthy at 90. Uh, but uh, for the most part, it, it must kind of kind of blow a little bit. And I know that I'm going to be you. It's it's a ways off before I'm you. I mean, a long ways off before I'm you. But um, I just want to say right now that I'm not going to make fun of any of you bastards because some of you are going to live even longer. And I'm going to want to get tips from you. You understand what I'm saying? I don't want no tips from the young people. They don't even know how they're healthy. They're just healthy naturally. They ain't, they don't have to do anything. This guy's over here drinking Slurpees made out of lard and his his cholesterol level is negative 80. And you over there, you walk past the you walk past the damn seafood shop and you had chest pain. So I I so I don't know where to go with this. I'm in between both of you, you young bastards and you old bastards. Damn it. What am I gonna do? I can't be young again, and I have no choice but to get old. Ah, screw it. I'm just going to live life like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not actually going to do that because the young people do that, and that's how they get all messed up and, like, get their broken legs and fall off stuff and, you know, do dumb stuff like ride shopping carts off the roof because they saw it in a YouTube video and, that's living life to the fullest. But then again, you see the old people that live life to the fullest and living life to the fullest of them is, you know, waking up and, you know, waking up. <laughs> so I just want to say to all my friends across the spectrum, all of my pod family, to the young ones, much luck to you. To the old ones, even more luck to your old asses. And to the people like me in the middle, this shit's almost over. Let's just do what the hell we want. It's almost over for all of us, damn it. Let's just do what we want, man. Man, let's let's take this country by storm, man. Yeah. Is that Law and Order coming on? Oh man. Uh, we'll take this the country by storm at another time. I did not like this rerun of Law and Order. I'm not gonna take the country by storm. And I got this. Look at my Mariska Hargitay. Oh, I love her. I, I, I'll get to. We'll get to taking the world over later on. Right now, I got to see this episode of of Law and Order. I love Mariska Hargitay. Segment over. Folks. I'm going to talk to you about something, and I think I have a good idea. I think it's a relationship-saving idea. I really do, and I haven't worked out all the kinks, but I think this would really, really save a lot of people's asses. I think we should all have, as people in relationships or people in families, we should all have a vent room, right? 
we should have a room where we just get it all off all out of our chest, off our chest, where no one can hear it. Now, when I say vent room, I mean the other person's not there. You're there by yourself, and you get to say whatever you want because they can't hear it. And I think it's a good idea because how many? This has happened to me before. A girlfriend did something. It wasn't a relationship ending, but it was I'm going to be pissed off for a couple of daysing. Okay. And she did something, and I'm driving home, and I'm in the car, and I'm like, oh, God damn it, oh, and she, oh, God, oh, and she ain't nothing but I can't stand her. Oh, I'm saying all sorts of vile stuff, and just yelling, and, oh, you're up there, and another thing, damn it, oh, and another thing. Oh. And the ride home was about a half an hour. And by the time I got home, I had gone from this, but she ain't nothing but I can't stand her. Maybe I tell you, and she ain't. I'm a, I'm a teacher, and when I get home, I'm gonna give her a piece of my mind. And she's it was. It started out like that, and about 16, 17 minutes into the tirade, I started thinking. You know, really, I mean, it's an annoying thing. But when I think about, you know, she's a good girlfriend. It's just that this one annoying thing she does, and. The, and I said, if I really think about it, I've seen people in other relationships where stuff 10 times worse than this happens, not occasionally like this particular offense, but happen on a daily basis. I'm actually going to go home and yell at her. You know, I'm going to yell at her and, and get all mad. And then she's going to get even, she doesn't even know I'm angry. I'm going to go home and start yelling and screaming. And then she's going to start yelling and screaming. And we're going to start saying nasty stuff about each other. The kind of thing that sticks in your mind for a while. You eventually forget about it. But, you know, for the first couple of weeks, I can't believe she said my mother was this. And she's saying, I can't believe he said that about my dad and my brother. And, that. and then you're just pissed off. And it, would, and it all started from the fact that I was so angry that she did a certain thing that I'm not going to mention now that is not relationship ending. Just very, very annoying. And it takes about a half an hour sometimes. A half an hour to completely burn out the fuel of anger and go down to, what the hell was I mad about that crap? It takes about a half an hour. I had a girlfriend that got mad at me because I hung up on her because she was saying stupid crap. But the only problem was where she was was 12 minutes away, which means she still had a little bit of that anger fuel left when she got to the house. She walks in and she starts saying disgusting things about me that were not true for the most part. <laughs> Right. And being the kind of guy I was at the time, I got defensive. I would laugh that crap off. Now, like, really, that's all you got? Really? How about just you keep saying all of that crap? We get it out of the way. And you realize how dopey it is and we'll start banging. How about that? OK, I wouldn't put it that way, but that's what I'd be thinking. So she comes home and gives me a big blast. Yeah, dirty. Yeah, yeah. You know. And I go, oh, yeah, well, you're a And then this turns into this stupid fight. And, 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 and I was perfect physical condition then i was a machine of physical fitness and so was she and we were in great shape and looked all good and we should have just been you know we were she came home early you know she was going to come home early anyway but she came home earlier just to yell at me and we should have just been getting it on all day long and enjoying each other and having a great time and going out and doing all this kind of stuff but no we got to sat there for two days looking at each other like you disgust me i'm gonna start loving you again in about 12 hours but right now i hate your guts because what she did to me like i said wasn't a relationship ending it was not getting it awning is all it was but why was that because like i said you need that half an hour you know when your spouse comes home from work they're still pissed off if you got home first or if you're a person that works from the home or if you're a homemaker either male or female and they come from the from, from the outside job and they come back and they come in the house and they're still just hey, mother, ooh, you dirty ooh, and you're all oh, i can't believe they didn't come home and help out more and you're both like that 
you need that vent room, man. He goes, you know what? I'll be right back. I'm going into the vent room. Oh, yeah, well, I'm going into the vent room, too. And then instead of yelling at each other, you go into the other room and say all sorts of disgusting things about each other's mothers and talk about how awful they are in the sack and talk about how you wish you never met them and talk about how much you think they suck as a human being and they stink and they blow and they bite. And you get it all out of your system. And then you come back outside and bang the crap out of each other. Why? Because you're not mad anymore. But you still got those juices flowing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? And I'm serious about that. Now, I'm not serious about actually building a vent room in your home the same way you would build a safe room in your home to, to stop people from busting in your house and robbing you. Because quite frankly, most people, if they busted into most American homes, would walk in and go, this place is just as lame as mine. Sorry about messing up your door. I got to go because you have nothing in here. Okay, that's the truth. <laughs> right? But I think we do need the damn vent room, man. I think it's it's, it's an important thing. I mean, like I said, it doesn't necessarily have to be an actual room. I think it would be cool if it was a room. No, it would be really cool. I mean, super duper mega ultra cool is if the vent rooms are right across from each other and they had glass, soundproof glass. So you could see the person gesturing and mentioning and pointing and saying all sorts of vile stuff while pointing at you and get it out of the system and all that kind of. Oh, that would be awesome. And okay maybe that would not be awesome because that would actually make it worse because you would still see each other angry and then the anger would okay maybe you do not want to see each other when you're in your vent room saying vile things about each other because you're mad but you don't want to say it to each other maybe you don't want to do that now a lot of people would say yes s machine s anthony thomas dr incredible Shouldn't you just go to your friends and say these awful things? That's kind of like a vent room, right? You go to your guy friends and talk about how much of an evil witch she is, and she'll go to her girlfriends and she'll talk about how a piece of crap you are. Nope. Bad idea. Why? Because once you blow it out of your system, you've now given a little of that fuel and poison to your friends, and they are even worse about forgetting crap than you are. You see, you forget about how much of a witch your girlfriend was last time you fought and you forget how much how much of a piece of crap he was last time you fought because you now are doing stuff to each other's genitals and getting it on and when you're getting it on you start going you know what i was mad at you but we just got it on i forgive you <laughs> and she's thinking the same thing you do stuff to each other's genitals and stuff and put food on stuff and kiss and slurp on things and kiss and squeeze and put stuff in stuff and keep stuff in stuff for long periods and put the food on stuff and rub squeeze stuff and all that good stuff to good stuff and your stuff to her stuff all that stuff and what happens you forget all about it but you see your friends are not having sex with that person they're not having the sex that washes away all the problems they just have the problems there's no washing of the problems because they're not getting it on with your spouse at least you better hope not and they still remember all of it this is like when somebody say somebody comes to your house and they make you run errands for him it's your friend and you know you he knows you have something important to do but he put himself in a bad position and he you're pissed off at him he's your friend you're going to help him anyway but you're mad at him because he made you miss something and did something but then he comes back and he says you know what man I know I messed up your day the other day, but I got some season tickets to whatever my our favorite football team is, and I, we got six games of it, and I'm taking you to all six games. I was going to take somebody from the office, but screw it. You're my buddy, and I'm taking you, and all of a sudden, you're not so mad about the fact that he ruined your weekend. Oh, no, you're not mad at all. Why? Because you're in a VIP section looking at your favorite football team, and it got washed away. 
but your wife's still mad because your weekend was ruined. She doesn't like football. She's not getting anything out of it. It doesn't matter to her because she's not getting the benefits. And like I said, it's just like with your friends. You get the benefit of that person climbing on top of you and doing good stuff to you. You forget all about the fact that they did some bad stuff because you're down there making animal sounds because they're doing some good stuff to your stuff and vice versa. But your friends don't get that. So you can't go to your friends because they keep bringing it up. Remember six weeks ago when he looked at it and he did that? You remember the time your wife did that? Yeah, that's right. Hey, And you start getting mad again because those bastards don't know how to shut the hell up. But if you have the vent room, you get to see all that vile stuff, even more vile stuff because you don't have to look at the disapproving faces of your friends when you go too far. You can even plot the other person's murder in the vent room. There's no recording devices in there. You better hope not. And you can say whatever you want because you're never going to do it, but you want to say it because you want to blow out all the vile and bile and venom just to get it out of the way so you can get out there and get it on with that person you love, damn it. But there is a flaw. There's a small flaw. And the flaw is if people don't res- respect the half an hour rule or whatever the time limit is. Find out what your time is and make sure you stick to that time exactly. Any fluctuation in that time, meaning not even, not any fluctuation, but if you go over that time, if you come out underneath that time, okay. But she's going to say, how come this time you came out in 15 minutes, but you normally come out in 30 minutes? Or what about you start coming out 15 minutes from the vent room on a regular basis, and then one time you stay the full 30 minutes? Oh, so I'm really bad today, huh? You went back to 15 minutes, and now you have to 30 minutes. You make me sick. What about you stick to the 30 minutes, and you, all of a sudden you decide you need 45 minutes? Oh, so I must be really bad if you're staying in there 45 minutes. Oh, that's right. That can get you killed, Jack. So we have to be very, very strict about the vent room, damn it. Pick a time and stick with it. And make sure it's the amount of time that you're going to be completely clear of all the venom that you want to splash towards your spouse. Because if you stay in there too long, they're going to kill you. Because those vent rooms, remember, they're soundproof. And nobody would hear your punk ass scream when she opens up the door with a baseball bat and bashes you. Okay, she would not do that. But you get the point. So I think we should have vent rooms, man. And if you can't build a vent room into your house, and quite frankly, none of us can do that shit. That would be expensive. You know what you can do? Do what I like to accept. Go do it. Lie to your spouse. Not a big lie, just a little lie. You get stuck in traffic. And make sure you get stuck in traffic for the exact amount of time you need to yell disgusting stuff and wish he fell down some steps or wish he got hit by a bus you're gonna say that crap but make sure you got a bluetooth in your ear so when people see you yelling they don't think you're insane but you just roll up your windows you turn up the song in your car and you call his wife his mother a hooker and you get in there and you call her father a punk and every other kind of thing you can think of that'll be your vent room your car if you can't build a vent room in your house or a vent room shack behind your house if you don't have that kind of money then damn it you need to have a vent room called your car when you're about to drive home now if you don't have a car 
Well, your ass is out of luck because you can't do the vent room thing on the bus because even if you have a Bluetooth in the ear, if you start yelling all that kind of stuff, people are going to go, you ain't fooling nobody. You know damn old you ain't that Bluetooth is not on right now and you're just talking crazy to yourself. You know, not, you're not fooling anybody. First of all, you're in running pants and I can see that you don't even have a phone with you unless the whole phone is in the Bluetooth and you're on the bus. You don't have the kind of money to buy something with a whole damn phone's in the Bluetooth. You're just nuts. But you got to find a vent room, my friend. If you can't afford a good vent room, figure out a way to say disgusting things and vile things about your spouse in your head. Yeah, go into the bathroom and just mouth the disgusting things you wish would happen to them. And that's going to be good. Do it while you're in the bathroom. They won't know what's going on. And when they say, how you doing in there? You just say, um, doing good, real good, and act like you're doing bathroom stuff. Flush the toilet a few times like it's a courtesy flush. They don't need to know that you're flushing it just so you can call his mama hooker vocally. That's your vent room. So that's what I'm saying, my friends, my pie family. Find a vent room. If it's not your car, let it be the bathroom. If it's not your bathroom, put a pillow over your face and say nasty stuff about your spouse. But make sure they're not there because if you say nasty stuff about them with a pillow on your face, they might actually hold the pillow down more. And that that could be something that would be really bad for you. (laughs) So just don't do that. But if you agree that we should all have a vent room so we can say all of those disgusting things without our spouses hearing it or our girlfriends hearing it or boyfriends hearing it or whatever so they don't hear and all the disgusting things we want to say about them so we can get it out of our system and then come and act like nothing's wrong. I think we should all do it. We should start a vent room foundation and I will head the vent room foundation. And if you do not allow me to head the vent room foundation, I'm going to get in my car and say nasty shit about all you sick bastards. Yeah, I said it. Segment over. Okay, my friends, let me ask you this. Um, I was watching one of those uh, TV programs, one of those criminal mind type programs, and it wasn't criminal minds. It was actually one of those shows that would like to be criminal minds when it grows up. It was, it was pretty decent, but I don't remember the name, but it definitely wasn't that uh, criminal mind show because I, I actually have seen that show before. It's pretty good. Um, but it was showing a serial killer, and they always, whenever they show the serial killer, they don't, they never just focus on what the person did. Now they always kind of go back and try to see the person's childhood. And in every show, they go back in time and they show his childhood and the time lapse film and all that kind of crap. And I know there's artistic license that you get when you have a television program. You know, if they have a television program that's based on someone's real life, in many cases they'll, they'll, they'll take different parts of their life that aren't necessarily relevant or interesting and get rid of them you know or they'll take a bunch of characters and merge them into one like say for the sake of argument this person had a 10-year period where he had five relationships in that period and each one of the women that he picked was horrible to him and that's what drove him over the edge in his mind and what they'll do in the movies to just to move things along instead of having five women be horrible to him they'll they'll smash them together and make it be two horrible women back to back and then he flips out because of that they always go back to the childhood and they keep and, and the thing is people diagnose children earlier and earlier and I, and I wonder about that sometimes because we all know horrible children who grew up to be productive members of society we also knew children that were nice and sweet who turned out to be tubs of crap when they grew up so sometimes you know so in many cases you know you, you can't really necessarily go by what's what's going on there 
You know, they go, well, when he was a serial killer, but when he was eight or nine years old, he was really mean to cats. That's right. He took a cat by the tail and swung the cat around, and he threw things at cats, and he did bad things to cats. And I'll be honest with you, I know a guy who did bad things to cats, mainly because if you've listened to my podcast, you realize I love cats. I love all animals, but I, I, I like cats, too. And, uh, you know, he was he was a person that did bad stuff to cats, and I had to stop him. I was like, yo, man, I'm going to kick your ass. You keep messing with the cats. And he, he didn't do anything bad to cats around me, but I know he still was doing bad things to cats. But as, when he grew up as, as an adult, as a grown man, as it turns out, he was a highly productive and still is a highly productive member of society. He's a great guy. He's a helpful guy. He's a, a wonderful person. You would never know that when he was younger, he did horrible things to cats. I think the word must have gotten around to the cats because I had him over for dinner one time and a girlfriend was over and she brought her cat because I like cats and uh, the cat actually looked at him and went and then the cat ran into the kitchen, grabbed the knife and backed out of the room holding the knife, aiming it at him and making the throat slash gesture. So I think the cat was kind of holding a grudge for what happened to other cats and that's not good. Okay, that's stupid, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but the thing is, they diagnose children so early now that they see signs of things that may or may not happen later on with the child, and we're supposed to just, okay, well, he's showing signs of doing this and that, and he's showing signs of this, that, and the other, and he's showing signs of this, this, and this, and this, and he's showing signs of this and the other thing. But he's so young. How do you know? You know? Because I remember, I remember seeing some. He shows, showed signs of being a serial killer at seven years old. Seven. He showed signs of being a, a mass murderer at five. Five. He showed signs of being a sociopath at one and a half. Really, at one and a half, you can't talk yet. What the, what the hell? The hell? Are you gonna? How? 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 You can't go any further back than that, or can they? You know, because like I said, technology keeps getting better and better and better. And they are amazing. They do amazing things. And I'm telling you, they are going to be able to find out whether or not your kid's a nutcase or your kid's a freaking weirdo or a murderer or something while he's half of him is still in his dad's balls and half of him is in his mom's ovaries. And it's going to be easier to deal with the balls and the ovaries because they're on the outside. You're going to be in bed with your woman going, oh, girl, I've been thinking about you all day. And you're going to be kissing each other. And they're going to have that van running down with the infrareds and super-duper mega x-rays driving down, scanning the balls of guys all over the place. And they're going to they'll leave you alone if you're not doing anything. But if you're about to get it on, they're going to scan your balls and they're going to go, wait a second, that house right there. We better get there now. Get the ball SWAT team going. And you're going to climb on top of your wife and you're going to say, we're going to make this baby because this is the right time. We got our finances right and we're going to make this baby right now. I'm going to throw this condom away because we don't need these anymore because we're both doing good financially and we're going to be able to take care of this family and speaking of taking care of things. Now that your clothes are off, girl, I'm about to take care of you. So you climb on top of your wife and just as you're about to put your car in her garage, the SWAT team kicks the door down. Blam! Sir. What the hell is going on? Sir, we're going to need you to climb off your wife. What the hell is this? What are you police officers doing in it? We're not committing any crime. What's going on? Sir, don't make us shoot you with the stun gun. We're going to need you to climb off your wife right now. Why is that? We were doing the ball scan and we drove by. We noticed you were about to get it on with your wife. 
And, uh, you know, judging by the amount of time it normally takes you to get it on, we can tell that by your balls, by the way. Um, you are going to have a serial killer in your left testicle. We're going to need you to fill this cup right now. Go into the bathroom and fill this cup up. Are you serious? You want to get you want to you want to tase you right now? You want this to be tased? All right, all right, all right. And then he goes in the bathroom and fills the cup, and they scan the cup, and they go, "Yep, there he is. There's the serial killer." And then they flush him. Sir, you can proceed now. There's some captains captains of industry in there. And a couple of dudes that work at the DMV. Now, even though we would like to get rid of those DMV dudes, they're not really a detriment to society. Okay, they're kind of a detriment to society, but not so much that we can actually enforce the law by making you put them in that cup. Now, if you decide to do that on your own, <laughs> we have nothing to do with that. I'm just saying, have you ever been to the DMV? Really? Would you like to make more of those people? You might wait 15 minutes, fill up another cuff, and then you and your wife can go and do what you want to do. Thank you, officer. I really appreciate that. Not a problem. <laughs> and no, we're not paying for the door. You shouldn't have had that killer in your balls. It's your, it's your problem, punk. And then they leave. Okay, that's weird. But you know what I'm saying. <laughs> They're really diagnosing people earlier and earlier and earlier. And I think it's weird. It's Is it... Is it is it nature or is it nurture, my friends? What is it? I don't know. But I know it's my nature to nurture you, my podcast audience. You sick bastards. <laughs> Segment over. Well, my friends, we have reached another episode of the S. Anthony Says Podcast. I am your host, S. Anthony Thomas. It's been my pleasure to be here for all 150 episodes of this. Thank you for the love. You guys have been very, very kind to me. Um actually since the beginning and I, I i really appreciate it you know uh it may just seem like a, an email to you or a tweet to you or a direct message to you but it means a lot to me to know that uh, some really cool people like what i do and uh i'm i'm forever grateful for that uh the home base for the podcast my friends you sick bastards is <laughs> is this anthony says dot podbean dot com uh, you can also see the S. Anthony Says Podcast or see it. The hell, I hope you're not seeing it. You, you're seeing it. You've been taking some drugs, you druggy bastards. You can hear the S. Anthony Says Podcast on iTunes, on Stitcher, on TuneIn Radio, or any podcatcher. You know, and if, if, you can, if you just look me up on just Google S. Anthony Says, and you'll find the damn podcast, and you can listen to it on whatever you want to, damn it. <laughs> uh, I want to thank those of you that have given me uh, the uh, the five-star reviews. For those of you that haven't, Get your ass over to iTunes and Stitcher. Give me some damn five-star reviews. Don't make me come through this. I'm in your ears right now. I'm in both of your ears. Maybe I'm right behind you. I don't know. But what I do know is you better get over there. I mean, <clears throat> what I mean was, what I mean is, <laughs> if you love the show, please give me some five-star reviews and say some wonderful things like, his podcast is the nectar of heavens. The man is made of chocolate and diamonds, and I can't live with it. Okay, you don't have to say that crap, but if you love the show, hook a brother up with some positive, uh, some five-star reviews on uh, TuneIn and TuneIn and Stitcher. Well, actually, I don't think you can put ratings on TuneIn, but you can on iTunes, so iTunes and Stitcher. And when they allow people to put five-star ratings for podcasts on TuneIn, then then put that shit on there. But right now, we'll stick with just giving some, me some five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher because I would really appreciate that. I would consider that a personal favor, okay? <laughs> you better get your ass.
message over to iTunes and Stitcher. Give me some five-star reviews. Don't make me. I know what you're saying. You're saying, dude, you're only like 5'8". It ain't like you're going to whip anybody's ass. Well, you don't know that because you can't see me. And why did I just admit that I'm, I'm average height? Why did, I could have. They, they don't know that. I could have told them I was 6'5 and a kung fu expert. I just I messed up just now. Forget about me being a regular size guy. Just, just pretend that I'm like 6'10", 400 pounds, and I practice kung fu against teddy against polar bears and kick their asses. That's what I am. <laughs> it's too late now, isn't it? Okay. Yeah. Then again, you guys have been listening to me for a year. You, you know, pretty much. I can't fool you people. Anyway, <laughs> I just want to say thanks a lot, guys. It's been really cool. Uh, hanging with you guys for this year and change and for these 150 episodes and the second I turn this microphone off and the second I begin editing this thing up and the second I put this thing up for you to listen to my punk ass will begin working on number 151 <laughs> much love to you all oh oh well, and the uh I, I know you already know this but I'm gonna say it anyway uh the email address is the s anthony says podcast at gmail.com so there's that much love to you all you sick bastard Seriously, much love to you all. I am out. S. Anthony, out.